Hey, this is Glenn Drover from Walls of Blood, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, about to administer your weekly dose of Focus on Metal. We have an incredibly packed show for you this week, as Richie and I have some uh, good chats with a couple of returning guests. First up, I'll be talking to Glenn Drovert. Glenn hit me up uh, a week or so ago and asked if I would help promote his brand new release, Imperium, by his band Walls of Blood. And of course, album is killer and I could not say no. That album actually drops this week, which is why I wanted to make sure I got a talk with Glenn on the show this week as well. And after you listen to the interview and hear more about the album, the great guests he's got on there with vocals and all that good stuff, then I would urge you to go out and pick up your own copy of Imperium from Walls of Blood. And we'll follow that up with Richie's chat with Andrew Freeman. And Andrew's got a couple things going on right now. Obviously, the uh, much-anticipated Last in Line 2, but also Devil's Hand, the uh, project that he just put out on Frontiers with Michael Slamer. So Richie will be talking to Andrew about those two things and... A lot of other stuff, too. So lots of great stuff to get through this week, and we're not going to get through it in time unless I shut the hell up and dive right into my chat with Glenn Drover. Hey, Metalheads, kick back, relax, raise the horns, and stay tuned for another original Focus on Metal, Metal Side Chat, with your host, Scott Thompson. On the line tonight with Glenn Drover. Happy to talk to Glenn again. And we are talking about the brand new album from the band Walls of Blood. It's called Imperium. It is out this week. I urge you guys to get it. Glenn, happy to have you back on the show again and happy to be talking to you about this beast of an album. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. You know, right from the start, going to leave this world behind, the sounds you get to do that one, it, you know, it kind of gives you this really weird sense about where the album is going to go. Um, mm-hmm. As a guitarist, I'm curious about how that was all come about, but then it just cuts in and it's almost like no holds barred from track one to track 10. Great job. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, it, it was a little bit of um challenge to, to to make sure it was going to be cohesive you know really at the end of the day it was you know because that's that's i'm always conscious of that because you're dealing with a bunch of different singers mm. but i think i succeeded with that so <laughs> yeah no i th- i think i think yeah. you did and 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 uh just even i think it added to the album as well because you mm-hmm. get kind of that one tonality on track one and then todd comes in on discordia on that yeah. one there with some really compelling lyrics on that one as well and i, I like todd's voice anyways um yeah. but i gotta say track three is the one that made me just be like oh and not only because i'm a huge chuck billy fan but the other thing about track three was the whole solo section Mm. What really drew me in there was you had this really mellow, almost acoustic kind of a tone just going on in the background, really nice tom work that was driving it, and then you just took it places above that with the solo, and that's probably my favorite solo on the entire album as well. Thanks. Um, Yeah, it's it's got some dynamics in there, Mm. which is something, uh, you know, we like to do whenever, whenever it's called for, you know? Yeah, try to just to break things up and have some, you know, 
some light and shade and you know all that stuff. yeah i mean that one nails it and I, like i said i really love the rhythm part behind there because it just makes everything that you did on top of that just right. even more dynamic and uh, yeah just even the mix everything on that one hit every single button for me thanks i think that might be actually the um I'm not 100% sure, but I think the record company is, uh, they're going to be doing a, 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 making a video of, of that. So nice. it'll be, I don't know if it's going to be a lyric video with uh, some footage. Of, I don't know what, what's going to happen exactly. I haven't seen anything. I just know that they're supposedly starting to work on that. Because, mm. you know, I mean, I'm not going to do a band video because of, <laughs> because of, you know, the, the project is, you know, we got all these different singers and, you know, I could pick, I could do one. I mean, but it's... Is it going to really represent the album properly? Probably not. So right. it's, it might probably cause more confusion than anything else. So I think um, a good lyric video with maybe some some cool footage that's you know relative, obviously to the lyrical content. Right. It uh, will be good. You know, good to do. Yeah, because so. any any one of these songs with a, with a video treatment to do something that was more of a of a visual kind of a thing rather than a band thing would fit in because all of these ones sure. really evoke a lot of imagery. Yeah. And I think that, um, and, and, and that's, that's one of my, I mean, I like all the songs, but that's, that's definitely one song I, I'm very uh, happy with. So, yeah, I mean, that one there is like my number one and then walls of walls of blood is my number two. And then seven mm. spirits is my number three. Mm. Yeah. And, and yeah. the cool thing about seven spirits, that chorus and the hook that you have, it's, it's, mm. if you were to stop the album at that point, and walk away it's stuck in your head you have to go back and listen to it again so it's the yeah. perfect ending track i mean one it, yeah. it just kind of evokes the whole king diamond spirit but mm. again that chorus is just hooky as hell yeah that's uh that's henning you know i uh that's and you know that's what started the whole process before i even thought of okay i'm gonna do an album with a bunch of singers on it mm. I, this was, we're going back over six years, you know, um, and uh, I sent him the track, made a copy of the, of like a, just the guitars and drums and whatever. I said, hey, you know, here's an old song that we did years ago. And, you know, I'd really like to have, have you do, you know, just for fun. Let's just, let's just do something, you know, let's, let's collaborate on this and, you know, come up with your own melodies. Here's the lyrics. Please don't listen to the original because uh, I don't want you to listen to the melodies. I want you to come up with your own thing. And that's what he did, you know, and um, and it came out great. I just, I wanted to do that song justice. It wasn't done, you know, when we originally did it, we dropped the ball in the vocal department. So I wanted to do it properly. And I'm really happy with uh, the way it turned out. So yeah. there you go. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've always liked what Henning's done with Firewind. I love him in Metallium. But and yeah. Seven Spirits, I think, really shows another vocal range. Because the other track he did on this, you listen to it and you're like, aha, that's Henning. But this one here is is a little different for him, and I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out really well. Of course, and, there's reasons why he's on a few tracks. But yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, those were those are my one, two, and three. And then you guys did just an amazing, like almost like Goosebumps version of Junkhead. That just uh, a, a really cool choice to do. But wow. Yeah. Well, that was you know that wasn't really supposed to be on the album. It mm -hmm. was. Um, I have a buddy of mine in Calgary, Lance, and. Uh, you know, I've been helping this guy, you know, record a bunch of songs and stuff, build an album. And um, it's in the vein of the older Alice in Chains stuff. So buddy of mine, whose also name is Lance uh, from Texas, as you know, sounds he can sound just like Lake Lane, as you as you hear yeah. on that track. And I thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool just to for myself do this cover. I was just playing around or listening to the album or something dirt. I thought, yeah, it'd be kind of it'd be cool to do that just for fun and get 
lands to sing it, but just for fun. And then it, I mean, it turned out so well, I had to add it to the album, you know? So that's, that's where that, that's why it's on the album because it just like, it turned out so well, you know, and I think it fits in real well. The other songs just real heavy and um, there you have it. Yeah, I know. I think it's, I think it was a great track and, and it just really threw me, you know, coming in cause it was just so different from, you know, the tempo, everything else. But I was just like, wow. I'm like, I was really glad you guys did that one. I love the diversity on this album as well. Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know. I mean, I, I don't I'm not interested in recording the same song ten times. Right. You know, so I do want to have some diversity and and the dynamics and all that stuff that you know I to me is very important. And you know, of course at the end of the day, you have to please yourself first. You know, there's no <laughs> there's no point in trying to please everybody else because you never will. But, you know, for me, it's wholehearted. You know, I worked on this sporadically over a six-year period, you know, and I had a chance to grow with these songs and, and whether they were going to grow and, and, and stay, you know, uh, I'm going to you know, still like the tracks a couple of years later on down the road, then, you know, we were going to see how that was going to pan out. And it turned out at the end of the day, all the songs that I'd written for the album made it. There wasn't any that I left off or anything like that. Mm. That answers the question too. So, I was wondering how long was it had taken you to put all this together because yeah, it was it was over six years, and it's like I said, it started with hanging, and then about a year or so after that, we just again, I just did the song with him, and, and I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I just initially did it for fun, and um, again, wanted to do the song justice. I like the uh, the whole concept of doing the collaboration stuff with people from other areas. We can do these things easily now because of technology. Hmm. And, you know, with the use of, of Pro Tools and all these different uh, platforms. And um, then about a year or so later, I asked Todd to see if he if he wanted to do a track. And that one turned out killer. So at that point, it was like, you know, maybe I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm, I should do like a whole album of this. This is pretty neat. And that's that's really, you know, how it started. It was just, just like that. You know, I thought, well, Christ, I've already done a couple of songs. Might as well do a full album and, and, uh, and have some fun and, and record with some vocals that I've never recorded before except for nils right. um i mean I, of course i know all these guys but these are all singers that i look up to for all different reasons and and uh i just thought you know i, I mean it's been done before i just wanted to i just like the concept of doing that and i just kind of just rolled with it mm. but i mean it's funny because it was done like i said over a six-year period christ i moved in that time you know and everything you know it's just it's it's weird you know that i spent that long a period to finish this damn album. <laughs> but it, wasn't, it wasn't just me. I, mean, I did it, you know, obviously when I wanted to, when I was inspired to do so, if I didn't want to do anything, I, I didn't. Yeah. So there's a period where I wouldn't touch it. And, I, and I'm always working with other people too, with their recordings. And I had to work around the schedules of the singers too. Sure. And I mean, the original, the original plan was supposed to be 10 songs, 10 singers. It didn't work out that way because, I mean, Henning's on three tracks. Yeah. The reason why he did three. Originally, Seven Spirits was going to be the only song he was going to sing. But then there was another track, which is uh, The Fault of Man, I think. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Eric Wagner was going to do that from Trouble, The Skull, mm -hmm. you know. And I wrote this song with him in mind after I spoke to him about doing a song. And he, he was cool with it. So I, we wrote the song and recorded the music. And uh, but he didn't have any time. Uh, he was doing the skull thing and, and uh, wasn't able to do it. Right. So I got Henny to do that one. The other one is uh, one called Blood Sacrifice something. Yeah, Blood Sacrifice Ritual. Right, right. I can't even remember the names of my own <laughs> songs. That song was, I think that one was originally, I had uh, James Rivera doing that, do oh, that song. Yeah. 
but it didn't work out. It, it, you know, he's a great guy and all, and, and I really like the stuff he's done, his bands and stuff, but it just didn't work out, didn't gel. So I got Henning to do it and, uh, and he did it the way I had it in my head, yeah. a certain kind of, uh, structure. And he, and he did pretty much just, you know, just that. And, um, the other song, there was one song interesting that Tim, uh, Ripper did, and he wasn't actually going to originally going to be on the album. That song was originally written for a Whirl. Hmm. And I remember even, I even talked to Worrell about a week before he passed away. He was in Brazil recording an album, and I was getting ready to send him a track, and then my brother called me one day and said Worrell died. So I was just going to leave it. But then I decided, you know, uh, no, it's, it's a good track. Let's, you know, see if I can get somebody to sing that one. And, and I asked him, and they did it, and I think he did a really good job. Yeah. And all these guys, for the most part, did their own melodies. Sean wrote a lot of the lyrics, and... It all came together really well. I think it did, yeah. I think you kind of lucked out a little bit with the, with the order, because if James had done Blood of Sacrifice Ritual, it would have sounded a lot closer to, to Waiting the Die vocally. So you got that kind of change up between, you know, because uh, Revere is a lot closer in vocal style to Chuck Billy than than Henning definitely is. And I think Fall to Man, yeah. is, that's that's Henning all the way. That was the one when I heard it, it just reminded me to, of everything he's done with Metallium and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely a track for him. The guy's great anyways. I mean, he's one of my favorite singers. The guy, he, it doesn't matter what you shoot at him. He could, he could sing the phone book and make it sound good. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and it didn't matter what I threw at him. He was like, he would just deliver. It's like, yeah, it's great. And, 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 and what you hear is exactly what he did without any changes, hmm. not even one. And that, that's, the, that's, that's pretty much the same for, I think, just about everybody that's on there. Yeah. Just about. There wasn't a, really a lot of changes. And that's the great thing of working with people of, the, you know, these singers of this caliber. You know, you're going to get good results. And, and, and again, it just comes down to if, if you're on the same page and it's going to mesh. And, and you know, I, I was actually pretty lucky because if you think about it, this is all singers, you know, from other areas, Canada, the U.S., overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, they just did their thing, and 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 most of it turned out great. And and so I wasn't expecting that, right? You know, because you'd think, well, maybe the odds could be against you when you work that way. But everything just worked out so well. And I think also too, because I had some of these guys in mind when I asked them, and then some of the songs were constructed after I'd spoken to them. Obviously, getting there, yeah, you know, I'm cool doing that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And then I would, you know, write a song you know, with their style in mind. And obviously that helped. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think it's, it's just com- totally, completely solid. One of the cool songs on here it, and it's amazing is dark Lords of sleep because mm-hmm. it's like, it's like your epic song on here. And when you listen to it, you'd almost thought that you listened for like eight to nine minutes. It's just, it has this, this certain epicness to it. It's, it's almost like, a little bit of dream theater happening in there. And then you, you listen and, and you go back and go, wow, that was like only five minutes, but it's right. just really epic. Isn't that weird? How there, there are certain songs that are like that from other bands. You mm. know, that it's like, you, it just seems to have this thing where you, it, it feels like it's longer than it is. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one turned out great too. You know, it's just like, you know, just having these the different styles, like he's, you know, obviously much different style, different style than, than say Chuck or whatever. But I think, you know, know, they did what the song called for, you know, servicing the song, as as Neil Peart would say, (laughs) quote him. And that's that's what it is. It's all about servicing. It doesn't matter whether it's a vocals, guitar solo, whatever it is. It's all, you know, trying to have everything on the same page and, and, and have it as cohesive as possible. Yeah, in every in every way, you know, that's the goal, anyways. So one one curious question I had when when I first started, you know, looking into the album, and I know probably you've been asked this a million times, probably at this point, but I look at it and and 
You've got Walls of Blood, great band name, and but then Imperium is a great band name as well. And and how did you end up with Walls of Blood as the as the name of the band? Yeah, it, it, as a matter of fact, the Imperium thing was actually considered. Mm. I was talking to Todd, and I said, "Man, look, you know, throughout all of this recording for the last several years, I wasn't even thinking about what to call this thing. I didn't know where I was really going with that. Mm. Didn't really care." Because I was just concentrating on the music and I was, okay, I'll figure it out later type of thing. <laughs> and then I get a record deal. It's like, okay, I got to figure out a name now. I didn't want to use my name. Yeah. I've done that. And then to alleviate confusion, better not to, because people, and I've already been asked, oh, is it going to, is there more, is it, you know, like instrumental stuff like you did with the last album? No, it's nothing to do with that one. Yeah, this is totally like, different. That than clear, that. This is the Metal Illusion album was, was, you know, jazz meets blah, 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 yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it was an instrumental record. This is a full, you know, 100% heavy metal record no instrumental so it's different but anyway todd came up with the name but then we're looking and he's you know finding that there's already you know been a few bands with that name mm. so speaking of confusion you don't really want that it's a good thing to avoid obviously people look you up and they see another band with that name and they think it's you but it's not yeah but i really like the name which fits in with the artwork yes imperium is latin for power and what you're seeing basically i mean you could you can look into the artwork and you know, come up with different things from that, different ideas of what it's about. But for me, it's about these particular beings that are rising from, uh, I guess, the pits of hell or something. And that could be in anybody's, you know, it could be whatever, you know, in someone's life that's, that's you know, bad, that they're mm-hmm. rise, trying to rise, you know, above that. That's, that's what I get from the artwork. And then the Walls of Blood thing was, um, well, that's the title of one of the songs. Yeah. Sean, wrote the lyrics. Sean wrote the lyrics for that, so he's responsible for that. But uh, and I was just looking. I thought, you know what? Looking at it in a different light than just the, the song title and, and putting it in, in you know the place of that's what the project's going to be called. It was like, you know, it, at first I wasn't sure, but then it really grew on me fast. And then feedback from other people, yeah, it's killer. It's really good. Good name. So that's uh, just went with it. Yeah, it is a cool name. I just was like. Wow, both of those would be killer names, and then and then like you said, you know, you got the track of it, and it's like, well, yeah, you can't really call that a title track, but it's a title of the band track. It was, yeah, so it was a little mm. threw me off a little bit, but I'm not gonna, I'm not going to complain because the album, like I said, is a beast. Yeah, I mean, I, I just looked at it like kind of like the first Sabbath album. You know, it's called Black Sabbath. There's a song called Black Sabbath, and uh, it's all been done before. You know, there you go. Yeah, so it's kind of like yeah, you know, pretty much that kind of idea. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. This is definitely a classic metal album. You know, you got ten songs, and you know, oh, and they're they're all running anywhere four to five minutes. This is definitely something that you can wrap your head around in in one sitting, and, and that you're going to want to go through right from track one right to track ten. So it it, it wraps everything up in in one thing. I like the fact that you know you didn't overreach on the track numbers or anything like that. It, it's it's almost like just a perfect package. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm really happy with everything that's. The sequencing, everything about it, the production. Oh, yeah. Dave Otero did the, the mastering on it. He did a killer job. Some of it was a little bit challenging, but it came out really well. And I think it's a really strong. I mean, for me, it's it's it, you know everybody says the same thing. I know, you know, this last album is of course the best <laughs> thing we've ever done. And but I think anybody who hears it, I mean, it's it, it speaks for itself, and it really it really is the best recording I've been ever been a part of, in my opinion. Yeah, easily. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think also this is a really good statement of, you know, really showing a, a lot of, of 
what you did in the past for songwriting and and you can see bits and pieces and you go wow okay i can see where that comes from and and yeah i was really happy when i heard this because it's like this is a good statement for glenn to be putting out there to show what he's really all about as a player as a writer as a musician and uh you, you couldn't have asked for a a, a better uh, statement than this album yeah yeah i agree <laughs> So, of course, I haven't seen you since May 15th of 2007. I remember that date because a certain album released that day, and you happened to be playing my hometown that day. So, mm. selfishly, I would love to see these live. Do you have any plans at all with doing any kind of live stuff, or is this pretty much a, you know, uh, just just straight-out project? I don't know. I can't say no because I think that with the right lineup, it would be interesting. Mm. But right now, the album is just about to come out, as we know. I yeah. want to see how it does. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I almost look at it like Metal Allegiance, which has kind of this core group of musicians. And then mm -hmm. they kind of have a revolving group of singers that come in and out. And I'm like, yeah. this is like the perfect thing for that. Is is, is this yeah. is all wrapped up in this one? Yeah, it's just, I, I, I never even thought of it. Mm -hmm. Again, it's just, it was just initially a project. But then as I got, you know, the record deal going and just putting a label on it, you know, with the Walls of Blood name. And, and, and obviously everybody's asked me about that. So, you know, I thought, well, it's, it's definitely a possibility. You just have to see, I want to see how well it's received. Sure. I mean, so far, you know, the response before the release with, with the press has all been really, really positive. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm confident with it anyways. I think more so than anything I've ever done. Right. So we'll just see how it goes. And then, and I mean, I already have a couple of people in mind that I know, as far as the, 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 in the vocal department, sure. who would be able to handle the different uh, personalities, you know, <laughs> different styles rather. So, yeah. Cool. We'll see. Cool. So yeah. I'll ask you the hard question, obviously, because you are like your heart and soul is in this album. So it's definitely a tough one for you. And um, mm -hmm. when you look at all these 10 tracks right now, what do you think is, is pretty much the track that uh, is, is near and dear to you? Um, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I, I can I can name a couple that for mm. me that you know I guess I might favor a little bit more. But again, like I, I love all the tracks. There's nothing I would change. But "Waiting to Die" is there. Um, "Blood Sacrifice Ritual" is another one. "Walls of Blood" is another one too. Mm. Nice. I think those three, you know, for me are, are are probably my favorites. And for me, like I said, "Waiting to Die." is just the killer track listen the whole thing and then usually i'm just going to start right at the beginning but i'm like i gotta hear that one again like right now and uh <laughs> it's just everything about that one is is really awesome and you know other people they could probably try something like this but i don't think it would be as cohesive as what you did um you know because someone could like you said people can just have pro tools and they lay down some rhythms and chuck a vocal on top of it and you listen to it and go yeah that's a rhythm with a vocal chopped on top of it but this really sounds like a really cohesive songs cohesive albums and it's just it's an absolute pleasure to listen to thank you appreciate that um but yeah that's again for me that's that's an important thing and and i would think it would be for most people yeah to have it where you know it sounds like everybody was in the studio at the same time right and, and even though it was done again over a six-year period the drums are consistent as far as production mm -hmm. the bass is consistent as far as production the guitars are pretty i mean there's a, a few different amps i used on there you know but it all comes together and and uh nothing sticks out and, and makes you want oh that's where did that come from that sounds completely different you don't really get that you know right so I, you know obviously i spent time to make sure that it was going to be like that, not just the performances and, and having, you know, have it where all the singers are, 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 you know, the whole thing meshes together. It was the production as well. So all everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. There's only there's only one spot in this whole album where I did do the ooh, where did that come from? In one spot in Seven Spirits, you do this little guitar growl, and I just was like, oh, that's nice. And then I was so happy it didn't happen anywhere else. So yeah. it was just a cool little thing. Yeah, I try to do that too. I mean, that's 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 just ear candy stuff, you know. Sometimes I'll throw in little things here and there. If you listen close enough, you'll pick out certain things. You just mm. got to listen for them, you know. Right. You might not be able to tell exactly what it is. But there's definitely some ear candy in there. Yeah. And a lot of sometimes I'll come up with something that's like just I'm just noodling around and come up with something. And it's like, wow, it's kind of neat. <laughs> or I'll use a certain effect on something like, hmm, wait a minute. Or Sean will come up with it and has come up with ideas. You know, you should try to put this little thing here, you know, or this harmony there or, the, or you know, this kind of a factor, this kind of a whatever it is. Yeah. Sound bite of something. You know, there's a little bit of uh, that going on. Charles Manson is, uh, is a special guest on one of the songs. <laughs> Did I just say that? Yeah. <laughs> he is, actually. You got to listen for it. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, before I let you go, um, Glenn, any uh, any social media links you want to throw out for people that want to get a hold of you, want to find out more about Walls of Blood? I'm not working with a website right now. Mm. I, I have my personal Facebook page. And then there's also the Walls of Blood Facebook page. Nice. Nice. Which is easy to find. Yep. There's only going to be one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, it's linked to my page. Awesome. Thanks for uh, for uh, coming on the line tonight, Glenn. And um, I'm super psyched to be talking to you about Walls of Blood. And um, I'm honored to help you guys promote this and get the word out. And uh, anything else that you need us to do, you just drop me a line and uh, you 100% have our support. That's, I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. It's no good problem. talking to you as well. All right, Glenn. Have a good rest of the night. Yeah, you too. Okay, bye. Bye. There you go. My chat with Glenn Drover. And again, big thanks to Glenn for coming on the show and talking all about Imperium from Walls of Blood. And you can always hit Glenn up on Twitter. He is Glenn Drover 555 or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Glenn dash Drover. And finally, there's always facebook.com slash walls dash of dash blood. And believe me, I would love to play you guys a sample of something off of that on this show. But of course, it doesn't get released until Friday. And this show comes out with our uh, radio partners on Tuesday. So without anything that's been pre-released on uh, YouTube or anywhere else, I'm kind of stuck as far as copyrights and release. You know, that is part of this game. You do have to be uh, within the law and try to be respectful to the labels and the artist. But uh, as soon as that thing does get released, you can uh, bet your little metal hearts that that will be a featured track of the week as well. And I'm thinking right now, the song that I really think is a beast on there, track three, Waiting to Die, featuring Chuck Billy, will probably be my choice of track of the week. But again, you don't have to wait till then. Just go out and uh, get that album for yourself, 10 solid tracks great guest vocalist on there some amazing work from glenn just i said really concise compact 10 songs pure metal i guarantee you're gonna like this thing and of course as glenn alluded to in the interview maybe if this thing goes really well we could see glenn out on tour and hear some of this stuff live and i guarantee this stuff will sound amazing live so up next richie sat down with andrew freeman uh, second or third time we've had andrew on the show andrew's a pretty busy guy and he has got the uh, devil's hand project out on frontiers as well as uh, all the work he's doing on these next last in line album titled very cleverly last in line two so with that why don't I turn it over to Richie and Andrew Freeman? Andrew. Hey, man. How you doing? 
Good, man. Sorry about that. I couldn't find my headphones. But I hear you. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. I'm fucking scrambling around. I got this old, you know, the older style uh, jack for my, my iPhone. And all I could find was the newer style headphones that go in the fucking charging thing. And the thing is not, my phone is not charged to that. It's a fucking comedy of errors. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I don't worry about it. So you're, How's it going? I'm okay. You're in Vegas, are you? I am. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm just outside of Boston. Oh, cool. Where you at? What town? What town? Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, you're in Lowell. Were you, last time we did the interview, you live, you live there? Yes, I do. Okay, I think we talked about that before. That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, you're you're not going to remember this, but you played a gig in Derry, New Hampshire, and uh, I brought my eight year old son to it. And um, when we did the meet and greet, we were at the very end of the line, and all I could see was the four of you guys in the band looking down and seeing me with my little kid. <laughs> and, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that was that. That was that Tupelo, right? Tupelo. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And um, you fell asleep four songs into the set. You were singing. You were in the middle. Did of singing, really? Yeah, you were in the middle of singing "Holy Diver," and I had to bring him home. Oh no! <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to make that up next time. I know. I think we're we're coming through there again, so we'll be back in a couple months. So just let oh, me know. Um, I think we had a little mix up last time you were coming to the show, and I, I didn't have you on the guest list or something. So yeah, um, let me uh, I remember correctly. I'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. Yeah, it got sorted out. So a lot of things, Andrew. I want to I want to get into. Um, I'll, I'll start with raiding the rock balls. I, I know you've left it. Was that an easy decision? Well, it wasn't it wasn't too hard. They fired me. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. Okay, <laughs> I just didn't go in anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got fired. So no, no, uh, no real explanation. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. They. Uh, 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 I have my inklings as to why they didn't want me there anymore. And, uh, you know, uh, so, but the show is, um, the show is changed. I don't know if it's changing, but it's, it's kind of, um, in my opinion, it's, it's just what it's course, you know, and, uh, there's not, uh, there's a little bit of, um, um, there's money issues and, and, uh, you know, people aren't, uh, aren't getting paid and, uh, you know, um, that is uh, a problem. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, but I don't, I don't know if that's why I got fired because uh, I, I had said something about it. So, you know, I'm not really, I'm uh, not really quite sure, but uh, as far as I know, it was uh, uh, just was told I was being let go and, and that was that. I'm not one to stick around when I'm not wanted. So I am. Yeah. Are they, <laughs> aren't they bringing it out on, on the road next year? Um, that's what he said. He said he's going to try to do that. Um, I think he has every intention of doing that. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I, we had one show that was supposed to happen and I believe in October in, in Oklahoma, the casino in Oklahoma and it got canceled for some reason or another. Okay. So, um, you know, that was, that's an expensive show to take on the road. And I don't, from my understanding, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm the one who got him. I got him in. 
U.S. booking agent. I got him as U.S. booking agent, and I also got him as European booking agent a few years back, and uh, he didn't do anything with the European booking agent, and I can see that it's probably going to be the same thing here in the United States because, the, you know, it's a big production, and if, he, and if they want to do it the way that it's done in Vegas, it's going to cost a lot of money to take it on the road. It would be hard for him to take it on the road and make money. Yeah, and I think scheduling the musicians is probably going to be a problem as well. you got to have a rotating cast of characters for that show. Yeah, you do. You kind of, I mean, uh, at this point, I don't know, the brand uh, may outweigh who's in the show. There's this constant argument going on there about the brand. You know, it's it's about the brand until the brand becomes uh, a bunch of sub-musicians, you know. And not that they're any, they're terrible musicians, but they're not, you know, you know, not name musicians. You know, I was one of those, you know, I don't, I don't really have as big of a name as somebody like Howard Lee or Tim McDonald, but, um, you know, I, I brought something to the show. It would be hard to take it out with musicians that aren't, you know, don't have names. So it would have to rely on the strength of the brand and the, the years of work that we did here in Vegas. You know, I did the show for six years and, and uh, from the beginning. So we did a lot of work and got a lot of really good reviews and got what I said. I think we got some respect and, you know, accomplished a lot. But, uh, you know, to take it on the road, it's going to lose a certain energy and a certain thing. You know, you put in different singers because, you know, certain guys aren't available. You know, it changes the whole dynamic. And they've done it before they put it out somewhere. And, it was, and you know, none of us were out there, Bob and Paul or, or um, you know, Mark or myself. We weren't there. And it, and it was different, you know, because we have our things that we do. We we wrote, you know, you know, the, we blocked the show ourselves. You know, we had our own routines that we came up with for our songs. You know, I don't want to say it's choreography, but it's choreographed. Yeah, we did most of that, you know. Um, so if that's not a learned thing, you know, the show changes. But you know, again, but it's core. It's a rock and roll show, so there's mm-hmm. a market for that, you know. But I, I just don't uh, personally. I, I don't. I don't wish them any any. You know. Um, I, mean, I wish them nothing but success, you know. But I just personally, I don't see it going that way. And for me, leaving it, it's uh, for me, it just runs course. You know what I mean, it's just runs course. So it, it, they'd have to. They would. Ha- I think for, in order for me to be successful, they would have to make some changes in management, and uh, they would have to uh, be open to bringing in uh, different people that uh, would be less expensive, but you know, still have a name. You know, that would still attract something, or at least. Uh, have a bring a younger presence to it. You know what I mean? Like um, I don't want to say actors, but just you know, just a just a more a fresh, more vital. You know, it, it's got to have the players have to have their own personalities. You know, they have to have their own thing. You know, Howard has his own thing. He brings something to the table, not just his name. Uh, Hugh or Phil, you know, when Hugh or it's either Hugh McDonald or Phil Susan doing it. So and each one of them has their own thing. They're they're world class players, and that's what. I think the attraction of the show is, and uh, if you're bringing somebody in who's not a world-class player, it's not going to work. You know, you yeah. can't put an actor out on stage. You can't put a, a Broadway guy out on stage. You know, it's just not not going to have the same effect because they're acting. When we go out there, we're ourselves. You know, we go out there and, you know, we give it 110% and we make these songs our own. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see, there's not a lot of people out there that have that kind of experience and will work for the money they want to spend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know so, so, so Andrew, in, in, in the six years or so you were doing the show, were you ever able to get any song in the set that you wanted to do? Did I ever want to put something in the set? Were you ever able to get a song that you wanted to do yourself into the set? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, it was, uh, 
that was out of my out of my pay grade, and that I was not trusted to uh, to bring that in. I I, I, didn't, I never felt I was treated very well at that show. You know, I was a, it was a good job for a good six years, and okay. and, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean they had a, a musical director who did that, and it was you know I. I may have been, you know, asked my opinion on things every now and then, but it, I, it was it was pointed out to me very early on that you know I was a hired hand. So. Okay, okay. So, so let's move on. Speaking of hands, let's move on to Devil's Hands. That was a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. So but you planned that? I like it. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, how how often before this album had Frontiers approached you to do a project like this? Uh, God, it was. It, it had to be about three or almost four years ago that we talked about this. It was. Uh, it was after the. It was, so yeah, it was about three, but two years ago, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was after the last line record came out, so, um, uh, so yeah, maybe the the year the last line record came out, so probably about three years ago, I'd say. So the summer after that, I was approached by um, Fabrizio or uh, Fabrizio for um, by Surf, you know, um, about uh, who president of Vice, uh, president of Frontiers Records. He he asked me to do it, uh, but it was originally with uh, Red Beach, and then. Uh, that didn't happen, and it turned into uh, Paul Crook from uh, um, who plays with Meatloaf. He used to be an Anthrax, and then mm-hmm. he, his schedule was too crazy, and he couldn't do it. And then the Mike Slammer thing came up. So, okay, it, it's interesting that when when Mike Slammer's name came up, uh, the first thing I thought of was is that the guy who played the guitar solos on the Warrant records. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. A lot of people know him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not really familiar with, he, with with a lot of his other stuff. Did you know him at all before you did the record? No, I didn't. I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. Um, I, I when I when they presented it to me, I looked up you know his background, and he was in a band called uh, City Boys back in the '70s. And um, coincidentally, they were the first band that I ever saw as a child or as a kid. You know, the first concert I ever went to was uh, City Boy opening for Styx um, in New York. Yeah, and yeah, with my father and uh, um, my father took me to the show when I was a kid, and uh, yeah, so that was the first band I ever saw. It was kind of a full circle moment, you know, uh, when that came up. So, 
Mm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. It's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And he also did the World War Three record. He produced a World War Three record with Vinny and Jimmy Bain and um, um, Tracy G and yep. Mandy Lyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I liked that record when I was younger, and I was like, oh, we can try that, and then I heard, I found out about the Warren stuff, and guy was a phenomenal guitar player, but I just wasn't very familiar with this, you know, he, he worked with Steve Walsh from Kansas, and I'd heard of Streets, but I never, I never had, like, heard the record, I wasn't really a big Kansas or Prog guy, you know, but I guess he's, he's kind of big in the Prog world. Mm. So d- did you sit down with him beforehand and talk about what direction he wanted the music to go? In or, or did he already have most of it written? Yeah, he had he had most of the music written. He he had the deal was he was gonna write the music and I was gonna write the lyrics and the uh, um uh the other stuff, the lyrics and the melody. When when they first approached me about it, they they wanted me to go to Italy to do it and they were gonna write it because I was just gonna sing it. And I said, Well I'd like to write it if I can stay home because I you know, I had the day job with the show. Um I said I wanted to do it here, so I'd have to go to Italy to do it. It probably would have been done a lot quicker. We probably would have done it in two weeks if I went over there. Uh, mm. But um, it, it took a couple of years to you know to get done. So I, um, you know, I, I I said you know I'd wanted to write it, and then it turned into you know a writing project. So, um, but uh, yeah, he, he had sent me he'd send me demos, and, and I you know I'd write everything and record it and send it back and. Um, and that's basically how it was done. We never really got in the same room together. Mm. Did were the did, did the demos have any ro- uh, rough vocals on them at all, or were they just instrumentals? Did they? Uh, no, there was no vocals. There was one song that had some uh, beginning. There were two. Uh, the, the song "Justified" had uh, half of uh, had a chorus and it had a verse. And I I wrote the the last verse. I think there was one or two verses in that. I wrote I wrote that. The rest of it finished it. And then uh, the unified song. Um, that's uh, that was completely written by that. So I didn't write that. Yeah, so, I, I think I did. Yeah. I think I wrote it on it. I did change it up from, from the demo. Okay. And, and, and did Mike come back to you about any of the lyrics, or was he okay with everything? All the lyrics you wrote. Yeah, he was fine with everything I wrote, right? I don't, honestly, I don't think he cared that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, because it, yeah. it, it's definitely uh, right up, up right up the frontiers alley for their sound. It, it's got that 80s sound. Like some of the songs on this could be on a stereo. They've got that, you know, sound quality to them. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is more of a commercial and, a, you know, that European AOR sort of thing you know um so yeah it was it was definitely uh something different you know for me I, and i'd never done anything that commercial before so i thought it was kind of cool you know yeah I, I love um another way to fly is a really good song oh thanks man i mean that that makes a lot of sense you know they they might you know that from a marketing standpoint on their end they might want to go after that because of my affiliation with leopard they might want to you know um go after that audience with a, a record that's kind of, you know, hysteria sounding. That would make a lot of sense. You know? yeah. that, so. that song definitely, I think, stands out as having that leopard sound, the guitar sound definitely on that one. No, another way to fly? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool little, uh, what would that be like? I want to say it's it's like a photograph, maybe a photograph, but it's, it's way faster than that. It's more 
it's kind of video gamey like video game music mm. like you know it's yeah. like it, to me it's like you know i don't know whether you know the leopard song promises oh yeah i like promises yeah, yeah. That was, it's a little yeah. bit like yeah, that that was a later one yeah yeah, yeah. song I love on, on, on it is uh, the title track's great too. Which one? Devil's Hand, the title track. Oh, the title track. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Yeah, I like that one too. That was uh, that's probably one of my favorites on the record. It was. Yeah. Um, uh, he added that extra the, the Van Halen-y type guitar thing after it. Because I, I, when we first started writing, it was just that ACDC type riff, that kind of a lot of rosy riffs, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he added the Van Halen thing to it. So, um, yeah, the the other one you're saying that um, um, promise it reminds you of promises. That's funny that I because I think promises is kind of written like photographs. So yeah, <laughs> kind of went full circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So like th- this is one record you did. You did the vocals in your home studio, and he did it in his studio. But the other record I want to talk about a little bit is um. The last in line record that's coming up now. That's one you do. You all do in, in Jeff Pilson's studio. So, which one do you? Which way do you prefer to work? Do you prefer to work as a group in the same studio, or does something like this appeal to you? Well, I I tell you, I, I actually prefer working at home. Um, and I did uh, for half of the last in line record. I, I did it at home. Okay. Um, yeah, we we did part of it, and uh, we did. Oh God, how many songs? I don't remember. It was probably about half, five or six at Jeff's vocally, and then you know the rest. There's eleven songs on the record. Eleven in with the with the bonus track for Japan is about there's twelve total. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I had half of the vocals at my house. You know, scheduling wise, it was it was kind of tough to uh, get in the lineup. So we had to you know we had some time constraints. So I had to I had to, you know to get moving on it. We couldn't Jeff and I couldn't get our schedules to line up. So it was tough to, to get out there. And honestly, it was. I'd rather work at home. Um, uh, there's, you know, I'm in my life here, 
you know, and it's just easier to, to, you know, do it like the Beatles, get up in the morning, go downstairs. You know, they used to, when they stopped touring, they just got up and went to Abbey Road every day and they worked their eight hours and then they had normal lives, you know, so um, that was kind of how that went here. You know, I'd, I'd work until, you know, what working with my daytime stuff or I, you know, I just, you know, work at night when the family was, you know, my son was at his mom's or whatever, you know, I didn't have to, the responsibility some days I would work, you know, overnight. So, mm-hmm. um, but it just, it was just easier. It's just easier to work at home. And I have to drive to LA to, to United in Vegas. So it's about a five hour ride to LA. And, yeah. you know, just going in for the day, I couldn't just go in for the day. I didn't, I was going to drive out there for one day and do a little bit and then come back. So, and honestly, I think the product is better because I, you know, I was able to really go over it with a fine tooth comb and, and, uh, you know, if I didn't like something a week later, I just retract it, you know, and, uh, and the stuff I, some of the stuff I did with Jeff, so if I didn't, if I wanted to change it, you know, I just would change it, you know, and do it and send it in. So it's a little too much. Yeah. Well, were, the um, other, were the other guys okay with you doing it that way this time? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's not, uh, I think I've proven myself yeah. <laughs> to the peanut gallery. You know what I mean? I don't, and, and honestly, you know, I, I was going to say between you and Ivy, but it's not really between you. It's between everybody who's going to read this. Like, you know what I mean? Just, I, don't, I don't really care. You know, I don't, I didn't really care. Cause I, I, when we came into this record, I, I had a lot of, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of ideas and I, and I arranged most of the songs, you know, those guys, you know, they, they record stuff at rehearsal and, and they send me, Things, but you know, I have the freedom to just arrange it, and I also I keep them included in the mix. But you know, I, I put a lot of the songs together here and come up with a lot of the arrangements. And and uh, of course, everybody's open to say, you know, we should change this or move that around or whatever. But you know, I did a lot of the heavy lifting on this record, and uh, and uh, um, you know, uh, so I, I you know, they were they were totally down to it. You know, I, I you know, band, you know paid for some stuff to, to, up to get my studio up to up to speed so it sounded you know so it matched what we were doing at Jeff's and, and uh, you know I was able to experiment more here you know because I do, would do the demos here and then I'd send the demos in and we'd go off the demos or we'd you know make some arrangements on the fly at Jeff's and, and go for it but here I was instead of making demos and sending them out I was just working on the actual songs you know at the actual recordings so yeah when when they send you the the the, the the basic music. Can you hear something in the music that from Phil that you, you you listen and you go, well, that's definitely Phil writing that because I know the way Jimmy wrote the songs on the first record. Um, not really. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was very much the first record was very much a collaboration between all of us. So um, there's stuff that I still find out, you know, that I didn't know, you know, that Jimmy wrote. You know, I thought maybe Dave had come up with certain things. Um, I just found out there's a song on the a record called Electrified that I found out that um, Phil wrote. I just found out because I was reviewing all the videos for the EPK and some of the stuff we're putting out with the promotion of the record. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still yeah, I'm still finding out who came up with the riff for certain things. You know, so um, because again, you know, these guys are just getting in the room and start jamming ideas, and and uh, if I went to that session, you know. I would know, but if I wasn't there, I would. I didn't know who started some of the stuff, you know, some of the ideas. But it was, um, but yeah, I, you know, I think because a lot of it's in the same vein, it, it, it definitely shows progression from the first record. But there is stuff that still is, you know, similar to the first album and, and to the, you know, the earlier Leo albums, um, because uh, you know, 
those guys were DL. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard to get away from that. And when Vinny plays on anything, it's, it's hard for it not to sound like DL. You know what I mean? With Vinny playing drums, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a very unique player. You know, he's got a very unique style, and you can tell. You know, you can tell if it's him or if it's Simon. You know, it's the guy who replaced them. You know, so, later on on the deal records, I I can anyway because I can. We always tell him he's just got his own unique style, his own you know fills, his own grooves. You know that that you know come across nothing against Simon, but you know Vinny was the guy and Vivian was the guy. So they're they're both have a very unique chemistry. So when they play together, it's hard not to hear things. You know, to have similarities. We have we have a song on the record that is. It, it, it reminds me of, you know, um, how oh, is that song? Um, uh, shame on the night, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of shame on the night type grooves that come through, you know, that mid tempo, you know, just Sabbathy, you know, sort of thing that come through. So, so when that stuff comes through, it's always going to be similar to what those guys did, you know, because that's the chemistry, that chemistry between those two guys is what those, ag- those three records were, those first three records were. So, that's that's just you know this is just the evolution of that you know and and it's hard to when you hear a groove that sounds similar it's hard to not reference that you know so it's my job to make you not notice that <laughs> you know you know what I mean I do, but it's yeah. close you know so but. One of the things I loved about the first record um, was the bonus stuff you had on the CD, on the DVD of it. You went really, really in-depth on the making of it. Are you going to do something yeah. for the second record like that? Yeah, we. that's what I was talking about with, uh, you know, finding out what Phil wrote on some things. Yeah, we have a whole, you know, bunch of videos that are coming out. Um, there's, I don't think there's going to be a, a DVD 
other than on the Japanese release, because apparently these are just not selling anymore. So people just don't buy them anymore. So um, uh, as much as they just buy, you know, regular discs, because everything's online now. Everything is, you know, iTunes and, and um, you know, YouTube. So, so we produced a bunch of stuff that will come out. There's a song by song description of, you know, all the tunes and, and interviews with the whole band. And then there's a, you know, the electronic press kit that just, it's like half an hour long. That's the same as the other thing that you had on the first record, but that'll be on the Japanese release. If you want it on a DVD, if not, you know, most of it will be on our YouTube channel. Mm. So what songs do you think are going to get dropped when you go out? Are you going to drop some Dio songs and play more last in line or you're going to drop some last in line songs from the first record? Um, I don't, I don't know. We have been having, uh, discussions on our own and I'm finding out through interviews what we're going to be doing, <laughs> what everybody's, what everybody's thinking about doing. Um, I, I know we're going to add, um, probably about, uh, by the time we hit the road, we'll have two songs out, which is in mid January. So there'll be another one coming up in the next, in the coming weeks, um, before we start. Um, uh, called their songs called Year of the Gun will be coming out soon and it's, it's the second and uh, so we'll probably do those two songs uh, on the upcoming shows and then as they come out we'll do more but then the whole record hits in February then we got to figure out if, how many we're going to do I imagine we'll we're going to you know there's been some staples now on the set you know like uh, um, Star Maker and, and Devil and Me are staples you know yeah. um, so I don't think those are going to go away um but, you know, we may, instead of doing something like Martyr or, uh, you know, um, Martyr was, was one that we played pretty regularly, too. I don't know if it's a staple, but um, but it was, you know, one of the ones off the record we had we played live. So, um, and then we also played Already Dead, and we played, uh, oh, man, the other one, um, Revolution, we played. Um, so, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Uh, I, I can't see us going out and not playing... You know, Rainbow in the Dark and 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 uh, We Rock and and um, you know the bigger one, Holy Diver. You know, but we may not be doing stuff. You know, who knows? But we always open with Stand Up and Shout. Um, I may suggest changing that for something that's a little more up tempo and just to kind of you know come out there and you know put our flag on the moon, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. like, all right, this is how it's going to be from now on. You know, what I mean? <laughs> we, that's just me. That's just my thinking. I don't know if everybody else is going to be okay with that. Because that is a staple opening song, but, you know, we're getting to the point where the band is evolving into its own thing. And we have, you know, 20 some odd songs now to choose from of our own. Yeah. You know? So, um, so we, and we only really choose from, you know, the, what, the 16, I don't know how many songs there are on the first two records, their first two records, Dio records, but we don't really do anything off of, uh, off of Sacred Heart. So, um, so, you know, we have about as, our Less Than Line catalog is now just as big as the Dio catalog that, you know, those guys want to do. You know, and I mean, when I say big, I mean size, not like, you know, sales. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean? or, or, pop, or popular, I mean, you know, just the size of our catalog is, is just about the same as the, the yeah. Dio catalog that they, they are willing to play. You know what I mean? So. Is, is there anything off Sacred Heart you'd like to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I love playing. I love playing King of Rock and Roll. That's uh, that's a great tune, and and uh, I love the title track Sacred Heart is, is awesome too. That, and that's a fun song too. That's got that shame on the night, same shame on the night, the tempo groove, you know. Yeah. So 
Um, so yeah, I like those two. You know, those are those are my faves. We did the when we first got together. We did those. We did those two. So okay. What about uh, I wouldn't mind. What about Hungry for Heaven? Um, I was never a big fan of that song. I don't think the guys are either. Um, okay. and, and we won't be taking a keyboard player out of this anymore. So oh, okay, um, no, okay. Well, wonder there's no more. We don't really, you know. We're gonna try it and see how it works. We did. We did about five shows last year uh, as uh, Eric Miller, uh left the band uh, um, mid-tour last year. So um, uh, we went out, you know, it was kind of short notes. We couldn't find a way to fill in for him. So we just went out and did a four-piece, and uh, the band sounds great as a four-piece. And, uh, you know, we've never really had an official keyboard player besides, you know, you know Claude at the beginning. So... Um, you know, it's just that when we didn't record the record with Claude, we didn't have any board player on either record, you know, in-house. You know, one of, either Jeff would play him, and, and, and I played. Jeff played again, and I played a little bit uh, of the, the piano. So, um, yeah, I don't see... I don't I don't know if we're going to... That's going to change, but we're going to give it a shot and see how it works, you know, without it. So Yeah, yeah. So, before I leave you go, Andrew... Um, What's happening with lies, deceit, and treachery? Uh, I believe you're you're in you're in the process of thinking about writing music, or are you actually writing music? Oh, I'm writing music now. We have about um, we have four songs written. One is uh, <clears throat> I mean there's there's a demo stage right now, so I mean I, we have to uh, it, it's we're trying to figure out if it's worth doing. You know what I mean? Uh, the guys are are uh, really into it, but it's hard because. We're selling a name that nobody knows, you know, and uh, it's a little more. Oh, can't they can't go out of the boys, and I don't think they really want to, you know. Um, yeah. And I think what's going on now is it's another thing that's just you know a, a really great chemistry that's evolving into something else, you know. Um, it's it, for me. I love I love the Bull Boys. I love a lot of the songs, but I'm, I was more of the weird Van Halen type tunes that they did on on, on the second record, you know, well, on that Freak Show. Freak Show, yeah, that's a brilliant record. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic record, you know. And I like songs like THC Groove and Good Girl, and and um, you know, uh, but I'm not real down with the you know the California you know beach ball you know chasing chicks vibe, you know. Um, it's just not my thing. I, I like more of a rock just a cool hip rock band, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but those, you know, and those guys are, are, I think are down that direction. It's not really, just kind of feeling their way at, at the moment. They, they sent me a few songs and, and, uh, they had one completed with the singer that I replaced, um, that I'm going to retrack. And then we have, I wrote one, uh, one song that's completed and then I have to track two more and then we're going to try to get a deal and see where it goes from there. Nice. Nice. Well, I know. I think you only played. You've only played uh, sporadic shows with them, and they're mostly on the West Coast. Yeah, we did the cruise. We did the Monsters of Rock cruise last year. That was the first one I did with them, and then we did, I think, four about four other shows over the summer. Five shows. We did four over the summer, and we just did one in September here in Vegas, a, a private event. And uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun gig, and and those guys play fantastic, and and. Uh, and it's a good project for me because I, you know, Last in Line is a part-time thing, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's probably never going to change. So I have to come up with something outside of that to keep me, you know, uh, occupied and and then working. 
yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, and they're, and they're a great band, you know, they're just a great core band. They're very similar. Mick and Jimmy are very similar to Vinny and, and Vivian. They just have this, this chemistry and they could not play together for, you know, 10, 15 years and just, you know, get into a room and just play. I, I, I played with them about 10 years ago and they hadn't played together, um, probably in about that amount of time. They had about 10, 5, 10 years they hadn't played with each other at all. And from the downbeat, it was just like, whoa, this is like a bomb went off in the room, you know? So it was, it, it, it's kind of got the same sort of chemistry. And, uh, you know, Mick and Vivian play the same exact black Les Paul. <laughs> it looks okay. exactly the same on stage. But that gets a little confusing when you kind of lose your bearings for a second, you know? But, um, on stage, you know? But, uh, but I think we could come up with something really cool. The riffs that they're sending me are, are great and they're, they're very freak show like, you know, both boy esque freak show. Mm. So, do, do, um, do those guys live um, in Vegas or are they all in California? They're all in LA. Oh, so you got to go out there as well for them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're trying to do the same sort of thing. I mean, they, everybody's got a studio in their house, so they're you know, they have some stuff that they've written that has no lyrics or vocals. So, send them to me, and I and I arrange them, and I try to come up with something you know cool. So when we have some songs together. Um, we can get together and just, you know, go from there, you know, because it's already, the work is done and, and, uh, you know, from tools and, and having the, you know, a, a digital audio workstations is really kind of revolutionizing the whole thing because you can come up with, with, uh, you know, arrangements before, you know, they have their arrangements already set up that they've done, you know, so they have this chemistry and they know the parts that they do. So if I add what I do on top of it, it's just a guide and we go into the room and we, you know, we hone it from the guide and then we you know then record that after we get it all together yeah yeah so Andrew final question before I leave you go um, sure. we, what what gig did you have that you think gave you the, the biggest boost in your profile doing Rating the Rock Vault or doing Last in Line oh definitely Last in Line I mean you'd have to actually go to the Rock Vault show to know I was in it you know it wasn't like they didn't promote me at all you know it was very little promotion um uh, I was definitely the low guy on the totem pole there. Um, last line, I think, is <clears throat> you know it's it's a tall order to to replace uh, uh, an icon. You know, not even replace, but just you know, kind of take over the whole thing. You know, and 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 then make it. The, I I feel like it's been successful. Um, you know, um, because people are interested in it. We've actually sold some units and we sold records. Some CDs, you know, hard copy CDs, and and a lot of downloads, and you know, not it's not anywhere in terms of what they did back in the eighties, you know, but it, it's definitely has become its own entity, and and I think that's a tall order when you when you have a replacement singer, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I couldn't, and I'm not slagging anybody, but I couldn't, you know, you know, Journey replaced, you know, with Arnell, and Arnell's fantastic, you know. And I'm just putting it in terms of a big, bigger band, you know. But I, I don't, I, I don't know if they've ever released any new music. You know what I mean? So it's, it's still just a nostalgia thing, and and it's, but it's really successful now. You know, it's even more, maybe more successful now than they were in their prime. You know, so, um, it, it, you know, for us, it, it's for it to be a nostalgia act, and now also be considered a, you know. Um, a viable new band, you know, that's a big thing, you know, um, you know, when the record debut, the first record debuted, it was, you know, we, we, we number, we hit a number one on a, on a, on a billboard chart because everybody wants to hear hits, you know? Yeah. Well, when I had Vinny on the show, 
few years ago. He was still in Kill Devil Hill. And right. He was. He just started doing shows with you guys, and yeah. And I could tell in his voice that he was more enthusiastic about playing with you guys than he was with Kill Devil Hill, because right. Because of the chemistry you guys had together back then, he like he knew Vivian, he knew Jimmy. You know, he could slip back into that world very quickly. Where with Kill Devil Hill, he loved the band, but it was a new band and it was a tough slog. But I think the yeah. great, the great thing you're doing with Last in Line and a lot of other bands aren't doing it is you're actually making the time to play live shows, right? And right. You know, you've 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 been able to work around. You know, Vivian is really busy with Def Leppard, and you've still been mm-hmm. able to get out there. I know it might be in the middle of winter you're playing around here, but you're still actually willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, that comes down to, to you know, to, to Viv, too, because, you know, I'm very aware that a lot of the attention we get is because he's in Def Leppard. And, uh, you know, and a lot of the attention we get, you know, there's one side of it comes from that. There's another side of it that comes from, you know, these guys were an iconic metal band that influenced a lot of, you know, a lot of people in metal and, and, and you know, a lot of people in the business, you know. Even beyond the metal realm, you know, there's a lot of fans that you wouldn't expect, you know, and, and uh, so we already had an ace in a hole with this thing, you know, so uh, so we still continue to draw off of that and we get promotion through those outlets, which really helps what we do. So I'm very aware of that, you know, and a lot of it comes from the Death Leopard and those guys are very cool to us, they're very helpful and, and very friendly and, and very encouraging for this type of stuff, you know, um, uh, for, for our, you know, our, our, I guess our battle, you know, trying to get the band out there. So, and I could see that with, with Kill Devil Hill, <clears throat> that was tough, you know, for Vin, because he's bringing what he had, and then he had Rex, you know, from Pantera. And the, the thing is, you still got to get on the road and and keep your ego in check when you're, you know, playing to, you know, a, you know, three hundred capacity room. We've done that. We went out. We played to you know two hundred, three hundred people, and. Our first gig was in front of what maybe 150 in in Orange County, New York, uh, Orange County, uh, uh, California, and um, and we just continued on. And I think that you know, for a guy like Vivian who who doesn't have to do that, he just doesn't have to even do this project. You know, he you know on top of one thing, he's got he's one of the biggest grossing bands in the world, and one of the most successful you know, rock bands in history. And he's also you know dealing with an illness on top of that. And for him to come off the road with Leopard after being out for an entire year and jump in the clubs with us, you know, doing, you know, 300 to, you know, a thousand seaters every night, you know, that's, that's a labor of love. You know what I mean? That's a labor of love and that's believing in what you do, you know? So we are very fortunate to have all the success that the band has had and also have, you know, this chemistry, you know, with some, you know, pedigree musicians, you know, guys are just, been, and Phil too, on top of that, Phil, now Phil's in the mix, it's just a, you know, mm. it's a really unique thing, it's really, unique. and I think we are all very aware of that. So, yeah. so, so Andrew, how hard was it to come up for the title for the record? Uh, not, it wasn't that hard at all, actually. <laughs> we, we started throwing around song titles and Vivian, Vivian was the guy on that one, he said, uh, let's call it two. <laughs> that's a great idea, you know, because, you know, Led Zeppelin too. I said, I'm the guy who's always like, oh, I'm going to hate that. I love it. You know, so, <laughs> like, how how arrogant can you be to put a record out called Two? Like, we're just going to rest on our laurels that everybody knows who the band is. We're not going to try to catch anybody's attention. It's just, this is their second record. Okay. Fuck you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, Andrew, I'm going to leave you go. It's been a pleasure talking to you again. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, and any 
then talk to me for the show, and I'll, I'll take care of it for you. Okay, and bring your son down. I'll bring it. You don't have to. Don't pay for the meet and greets or nothing. I'll take care of all that. Okay? All right, Andrew. Uh, thanks very much right. for that. Okay. All right, thank you. You too, man. Take all right, care. take care of yourself. Okay. Bye. Bye. Richie's chat with Andrew Freeman, along with a couple of clips off of uh, Devil's Hand, as well as uh, two of the uh, pre-release songs from Last in Line 2 with uh, Landslide and ending it up with Year of the Gun. And you can kind of see how our audio was building up here because in the interview, Year of the Gun wasn't even out yet and Andrew's talking about it being in a couple weeks and that's right, the uh, the audio just keeps building and building. In fact, uh, Richie and I were going down the list the other night, uh, kind of messaging back and forth and uh, even he was forgetting about some of the stuff we already had edited and in the can and uh, it is amazing this year how much we have been rec- getting requests to have... Uh, have people come on the show and, uh, you know, hey, it's a good thing, right? So with all that stuff sitting out there, we're still not sure what it is we're going to run next week. Imagine that, right? It's kind of like the same story almost every two weeks that we don't know what we're doing the next week. But uh, guaranteed it will be some good stuff. But anyways, as per usual, you can keep up with us online at FocusOnMetal.net. Get the uh, the show notes and all that good stuff at FocusOnMetal.blogspot.com. Richie's always uh, posting just about every day, several times a day over on Facebook and yeah it does get a little bizarre because uh, that stuff drifts over onto Twitter and suddenly we get someone answering on Twitter and I have no idea what it is they're referring to but uh, also if uh, you want you can keep up with us as I uh, just kind of alluded to on Twitter but as for this week that's it there ain't no more stick a fork in it this puppy is done so for Richie myself and everybody else here at Focus on Metal Have yourselves a great metal week, and until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.